0: You're listening to an Irreverent podcast. Oh. Visit Irreverent FM for more content from my friends. Hello, hello, and welcome to Bad Words, an evangelical podcast where we give toxic theology the read that it deserves by taking another look at some of the books that have been given major influence in evangelical Christianity. I am Janice Legata, and this is a meeting of the Bad Book Club. We are reading Captivating by John and Stacy Eldridge, losing the plot on womanhood, one chapter at a time. We'll have a reading of the opening paragraph. I'll give a few thoughts and then join one of the members of the Bad Book Club for a discussion. In the end, we'll hear the closing paragraph, and I'll give some closing thoughts, all with the intention of leaving you free to think your own thoughts about the chapter, the book, and all things really so. Without further
1: ado, let's get into... Captivating. Chapter 5. The storm is over now, and Stassi is weeping. She had poured so much love and care into her garden over the years. Many, many hours lovingly given to creating a place of remarkable beauty. Special choices were made. Seedlings transplanted with care, fertilizing, mulching, weeding... She pruned and watered and sprayed for aphids. She moved plants, replaced them, looking for the right feel to it all. The result was stunning. People would walk up our path, stop, and just behold. It was so lovely. Wild roses, lavender and delphiniums, fountain grasses, shasta daisies, more color and texture than I could describe, a place of rest and solace, a refuge from the world, a whiff of Eden. Until tonight, the hail began about 6 p.m. at first. It didn't seem that threatening. Summer brings a few hail showers each year in the Rockies. Peas ice balls lasting only about 10 minutes. The hail this time began the size of marbles. After 15 minutes it began to come in the size of golf balls, pouring down like Noah's flood turned to ice. For 40 minutes it came, relentlessly, stripping branches off trees, laying waste to all living things like some Old Testament plague. And when it finally passed on over the mountain, Stassi's garden was destroyed.
0: Hello, hello, and welcome back to A Savage Garden of Bad Words, a.k.a. Captivating, where well, you can't really tell from that opening, but this chapter is about to plant and really dig into the bad soil of the idea that Satan has been big mad at women since the beginning of time and is the big bad behind everything that has ever happened to us. Not a very foreign idea if you, like me, grew up in a wing of evangelicalism that leaned towards spiritualizing and over spiritualizing everything, but also ultimately, I think, not a very helpful idea. But it's what we're working with, so brace yourself to maybe feel some sympathy for the devil as we get into the weeds of Chapter 5 with this week's book club member.
2: My name is Gael. My pronouns are she, her, hers, all those. I have been a part of the International Churches of Christ since 2004. Got baptized like right after what people in the church would call the letter, which is the Probably the first that I had heard of public criticism of the church that like shook the church. So I was baptized pretty much immediately after that, and then I left 17 years later. I left physically 17 years later, but I was... Dying inside slowly from day one, (laughs) but I thought that was part of the whole thing. I am a mother of three children. I am a wife to my husband Brent for 11 years in May, and he too was baptized into the ICOC before I was in a totally different city than I was, and we pretty much left together-ish. Like, he dragged his feet a little bit. I am a videographer by trade. So as a videographer, people are like, don't you like cinematic, like visually striking films? Nope. My favorite movie is Dumb and Dumber. So the movie quote that would pretty much sum up my life is, just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this and totally redeem yourself. I might completely have butchered that, but... My life is basically a series of mistakes (laughs) (laughs) that, for the most part, I'm still here, so that's good, but a lot of times, learning from those mistakes requires making other different mistakes, and then also, a lot of my life is just, like, winging it and being comfortable (laughs) with saying, I don't know what I'm doing, and... Frankly, nobody knows what they're doing, but some of us are better at pretending that they do, and I'm not very good at pretending. For example, whenever I find out a friend is pregnant with their first baby or anything like that, I'm always one of the first to be like, this is like way harder than anybody ever says it is, so if you ever find yourself... Having a twinge of regret in the back corner of your mind, just know that there is at least one person, me, Kai, that has felt the same, love my kids to death, love them to the moon and back. But there are days and there are weeks, there are months that are really difficult. And I feel like if I had somebody to say these things to me about anything, let alone raising children about working about being in your 30s about being a black woman like anything whatever people do approach me with those hey we're just winging it out here and it's okay if you wing it too i kind of glob on to those people because i feel like those people can be a lot more honest about life
0: love it and in the spirit of winging it and making mistakes captivating
2: yes (laughs) yes the one thing that I'm actually not regretful that I've made the mistake of not reading it (laughs) in my life I do not regret that but yeah wow wow what a just from one chapter I couldn't I couldn't do the whole book.
0: (sighs) who could except Dumb <laughs> so yeah, so you didn't make the mistake of reading it, but when did you first become aware that it existed? I feel
2: like I've heard about it for as long as it's been published. Like, I looked up when it was published, and it was published in 2005, and I honestly remember... Seeing that completely blown out cover <laughs> for decades. Like, it looks, it, honestly, if you're not familiar with the book, it looks like somebody being obliterated by a nuclear bomb. <laughs> Does it not? Like, it's so bright. And, you know, you've got the castle in the distance and the woman just like frolicking in the meadows, but the brightness of the sun is nuclear. Anyway, <laughs> I want to say I've been aware of it from that point. I do remember hearing about it whenever we have small groups. What are you reading? So right now I'm reading the book Captivating, and it's just, oh, just like eating up the scriptures and just, what does that even mean? I don't know, but... And if
0: they're saying that about Captivating, <laughs> it's a lie,
2: because this book is scripture-like. This <laughs> is <laughs> eating them up, just eating up the morsels and <laughs> the gems, and I'm just like, uh-huh, yeah, so... I read something completely, like, secular or whatever. Like, I'm reading the Boondocks comics. It's for class. But, yeah, that that title has definitely floated around my existence for a really long time.
0: So that, that was it. You didn't want to read it before. How did you feel about reading a chapter of it in 2022?
2: Wow. So I sat down to read this thing. First of all... There was so many words <laughs> to say. Not a lot. Like I, I feel like I'm. I am grateful to have read it now because I can see where I would have really struggled reading it before. Reading it with the mindset of this is how I need to think. It does make me sad. A little bit for the women that do genuinely read this trying to get things out of it especially if they are women that can relate to the situations that are talked about in this chapter assault sexual assault or any kind of violence that are trying to find something to hold on to to make them feel worthy of love to make them feel worthy of just being able to exist without being hated on, (laughs) stuff like that. Like, to read this, if I were, if I had the ideas that I had prior to today as far as what it takes for women to feel loved and to feel free, I feel like it's still not quite, it doesn't really hit it for me. It's got some good things in there, I'm not going to lie. It's got some, like, affirming statements in there that are like, oh, this is really nice. I'm really glad that this is in this book, but it doesn't, it's incomplete to me. And the book is presented as a complete work of literature. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. all the periods on there and all the end quotes on there, it's, that's it. And that's not quite, I don't quite agree that's it. And so it makes me sad because of the fact that there are women that We'll see the period and be like, oh, that's it. And hopefully they'll figure out sooner or later that's not the case. Or maybe they'll read this along with other resources (laughs) that will help complete the thoughts, help complete the ideas for them. But yeah, that's where I'm at with that.
0: So what chapter did you have and what was it about?
2: So I read chapter five, A Special Hatred. I was like, wow, what a title. So... This chapter, basically, without reading the rest of the book, I feel like it was a letter to women that feel less than. Women that have been abused in any shape or form. Women that have been neglected. Women that have felt hatred from men or from other women. And basically, the idea is that you are not going through all of this for no reason. That Satan is out to get you and this is how he's getting you through, you know, men, through these ideas that you are not worthy of love, that you deserve to be abused or you deserve to be neglected. And all of these ideas and all of these things happening to you are Satan's orchestration because he is envious of how beautiful you are, and how you can have babies, and (laughs) and how you are literally the opposite of, of his whole existence. And because he's so jealous, he's going to try to ruin you. And this is how. And that whole second part with Satan is the big yikes on bikes. That was hard to read because that is written with the expectation that is going to be an acceptable answer for why women experience what they experience and it does not place responsibility on any people that are here, tangible, in my face. It acknowledges them and their complicitness only to the degree that you that will hook you in to read the rest of the chapter. That's how I felt. It did mention, oh, men are not off the hook for this. And so I was like, oh, elaborate. But it did not. (laughs) It was like, men are not off the hook for this, but Satan is definitely, he's the big picture. He's the orchestrator. He's the puppet master. And unfortunately, your boyfriend is a puppet. I hate to say it, maybe I should read the rest of the book to find out. Or maybe you can tell me if they ever address the men, if they ever address the situation with what do you do if you know something like this does happen to you? Because they acknowledge that this stuff does happen. They acknowledge that it's not the woman's fault, but that's it in this chapter. It does not go any further than to blame Satan and then just tie a nice bow on it and say, okay, move on to chapter six now. <laughs>
0: I felt the same about this chapter. In the first half, I was like, oh, like this is too much. Just the story of the sexual assaults and all of this. And then it's not your fault, but it might be your fault because you were out there doing whatever. And also, you are being assaulted. Your beauty is not your fault, but your beauty is the reason why you're being assaulted. Yeah. Because. Satan hates you. And it's hard to get in that mindset now. But yes, back then, I definitely hardcore believed in Satan. Reading it now is someone who just doesn't. I'm like, this is, yeah, this is just letting everybody off the hook for their behaviors yeah and it's not going to hold men accountable because even in that part where it tries to for a second it also throws women under that bus yeah this is not to say that men and women for they too (laughs) women, have no accountability in their treatment of women i said why are women here
2: yeah okay understood i get it but it was not a necessary parenthetical statement because now we're like oh everybody's at fault here it went from like stacy's very personal stories to this very broad satan is the enemy thing and i don't know i felt i felt bamboozled because they got me at the beginning cuz honestly <laughs> <laughs> at the beginning they were talking about okay they were talking about stacy's garden and how like mm-hmm. the hailstorm and everything hurricane ian just blew through here my mom's house Got some damage, but specifically, she has a plant nursery in her backyard that was completely destroyed. And so I was like, Oh, I know a little bit about how this feels because I saw the devastation. I saw this is something that my mom spent a lot of time taking care of these plants. And it's her peace, peaceful place and everything. And so I was like, I was already hooked. Like I was like, mm-hmm. in it. And then she went in. To talk about the things that happened to her when she was younger, like traveling abroad and how even like her boyfriend wasn't, didn't have really the right response to it at the time and so on and so forth. And I was like, wow, so this is, maybe I should have read this book. That's where I was going. Like maybe this book could have helped me um, in the past. And then they just dropped it. It was so anticlimactic. (laughs) (laughs) It's Satan. Honestly, whenever they did talk about the garden and how it was destroyed, like my first highlighted statement was both of us turned in our thoughts to Eve. And I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> I definitely said, here we go. And then I just was like, let me just read on because this is literally the second page of the chapter. I have a whole 11 pages to go. Yeah.
1: I the same thing.
0: When it's in, and our thoughts immediately turn to Eve. And I just thought, Christians are so corny. They're yeah. so corny. That's really, that's where your mind goes? Right.
2: Like, I don't think so. I don't think so. You just had hail just go all over your house. I don't know. Maybe I'm a heathen. But even back then, my first thought would be roof repair. Let's get some new plants. Let's clean up this mess. Let's cry a little bit. But Eve...
0: Or if you're going to go super, super spiritual, if you're going to do that, then why wouldn't it be the devil? Why wouldn't you go to Satan? Like, why? what what happened to humanity didn't just happen to Eve. Like, to act like Satan's attack against humanity is specifically worse and more devastating to women, that's the problem with this book. Like, you're trying to go so hard it's not your fault, it's not your fault, but again, when this terrible thing happens, the first thing we think about
2: is, yeah. Eve. Eve. Poor Eve, Please. but we say those words, poor Eve, but those two words mean totally different things to us and then to them. Like, poor Eve. Yeah. She's getting all the flack for this. And they're like, poor Eve, what a, a pillar. What she did. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that stupid snake but really, the most cunning animal in all of the garden, that stupid woman really, but poor right. Eve.
0: And it's been chapter three was where they laid out like the story, the whole story of Eve. But so since chapter three and like reading their account of it, which is the standard evangelical account, mm-hmm. the thing that just stood out to me is but the serpent didn't lie. We're mad at Eve and we're blaming her for being deceived. But she wasn't deceived. Like, everything the serpent said was true. Right. The issue that evangelicals have was Eve asking questions. And so, I don't know. We're all in the danger zone because as soon as you are a woman with questions, something bad's about to happen to you. Yeah. Because we've laid out the binaries for you. And if you don't accept that, Satan's going to get you, and there's nothing we can do about that. And no one can be held accountable for it because... Satan is wild. Mm-hmm. You were out there.
2: Yeah. It's and it, the other thing that really gets me is <sighs> I wrote this down because I was like, I'm going to forget how I <laughs> thought about this, but they seem to have forgotten that the whole Bible is written by men in the first place. It's translated by men. Right? So men really have everything to lose by placing any responsibility on themselves in the Bible specifically. Because if everybody's going to go to this for any type of guidance or any type of this is how we should live, of course, like they're going to make it so that if a man does something, that it's not quite the man that's doing the thing. It only makes sense to distance yourself from the things that you're about to do. It's almost, it's like colonizing in the name of Christ. It's not me. It's the Bible. It's not me. It's it's Satan. It's not me. Like, you can put the blame on God, and I'm only doing what, I'm I'm like, this, it's so sad. It's sad, but at the same time, like, it really does make a lot of sense. If I were a man and I had a pen and there was no book to tell people how to live their lives, I absolutely would have written every word of the Bible. <laughs> every word. And all I had to say is God whispered this to me and <laughs> that's it. Like, of course I would. Because look at where we're at, like thousands of years later, this thing is still being upheld by the very genitalia that created it. (laughs) And anybody that like even remotely deviates from what they're comfortable with is going to get is going to get flack from God unless they get in line. And then when they do get in line, they're still going to get flack, but from Satan this time.
0: Satan himself. Yeah. Which, to me, like, all this buildup about Satan... First of all, again, I don't believe in Satan any longer. Part of that is because can't, you can't build up this great villain, but then at the same time say, but he's not equal to God. God right. is far more powerful. Right. So, to me... As a human who has not lived forever, I'm tired of people a lot of the time. And I think, like, people, Dumb and Dumber is perfect for this whole episode. So, like, I think people are, like, people are pretty simple. And as Satan, as this devious, powerful, malevolent being, I would have been bored with humanity within the first hundred years. Like, there's not a lot of things you can do to us. We're not that complicated. They're like, oh, if I can trick them into this or into that, they're going to do this. And, ah, like, I've played this game so many times. I know all the cheat codes. I don't want to do this anymore. Right. Like, if God has this overwhelming love that can sustain for us through the ages, and Satan is not equal, then Satan can't have that same kind of hatred for us. Like, Mm -hmm. he just can't. Mm -hmm. And then also, if we're playing with all these binaries, and God is masculine and feminine, but we're really just talking about God as a he, he, and also Satan as a he. Why does Satan have an issue with me? You ought to be mad at Adam. Mm. He, take him out. <laughs> Bother him. He's your competition. Not little old me. Women, <laughs> stupid women, you're coming after us. Right. For what? So for me, just the stories just don't make sense. Why bad things happen because bad things happen. It's a broken world. But if we're going to ascribe all of this to this puppet master, I'm fine with that. But then you got to teach people how to not be puppets. And at some point we have to take responsibility. Yes,
2: exactly. For that. I would have loved to get a section, that section written by John. I wish it wasn't all about how he doesn't understand women, and he didn't want to write the book. Like, what is your problem, dude? Why did you write anything? Why? I didn't need to read this. My eyes. I, sometimes I wish <laughs> I couldn't read. Sometimes I wish I was illiterate, because that word salad was unnecessary. It only made me upset, because literally he wrote, I did not want to write this book. And the book is selling millions of copies. Millions. Millions. Yes. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm over here scared to write a paragraph. <laughs> and, then, and this guy is just straight up writing books about how he doesn't want to write books and how he doesn't understand women, but this book is perfect for women. And <laughs> I'm like, wow. But I would have appreciated it if he were to like back up the whole, like, hey, ladies, it's not your fault. And as a man, this is what... I want to do to help other men to realize that they suck, and and this is the this is my five step plan. So mm-hmm. hold me accountable or ask your brothers about this five step plan that is detailed in my book Wild at Heart. Right. And he didn't. He was just like I don't get women, and <laughs> I I want to try, but there was that part. Let me see if I could pull it up. He had asked where is it? He was like asking if, oh, he was like asking the women that, I guess they were like talking about having some sort of, I don't remember what it was, like a conference or something, but basically the women that he was talking to was giving this vibe of like, back off, I don't want to talk to you. And he asked them like, do you feel alone in this? And they like burst into tears. (laughs) So I was like, did at any point, did he think maybe it was him? His presence, his personality, his existence in the room as some sort of leadership figure. Was there, did he think anything about himself that maybe gave the women the prompt to have this vibe? No, he was like immediately, it must be something wrong with the women. Are you feeling lonely? <laughs> Do you feel like you have support? I would love to support you. And, I don't know how, but I'm going to write about it. <laughs>
0: you said BRB with a book.
2: <laughs> you're going to be in it. You're going to be in it. I won't write your name down, but you're, it's going to be about you, this section. Just look out for it. Make sure you buy it, though. You've got to buy it. And then look out for it. <laughs> Highlight it. Whenever you get a chance. But
0: yeah, that whole section. I didn't want to co-author this book. And he goes on and word salad, word salad about how much he does not know about women, does not understand women, didn't want to write this book because then he'd have to learn more about women and blah, blah, blah. And then he gets to that part. He said, Stacy and I had gathered with the men and women in our ministry who do the men's and women's retreats Uh the men's team wanted to offer our counsel and support and prayer to the women's team for their upcoming event i don't know anything about women i don't want to know anything about women i don't want to get closer i don't it's too much but i would like to offer you my counsel (laughs) my prayer and my support if you don't get out of here
2: this is how it is this is how it is generally. People in leadership in all different kinds of evangelical churches, whether they are big or small, I feel like they have a sense of I'm responsible for everybody. So regardless of whether they can relate to a person or whether they know about a person or a group of people, their ultimate thought is I am here to lead regardless. And so a lot of their leadership is blanket leadership and that's why it misses a lot of people, I feel, because there are things that are said in the pulpit, I have no idea what you're talking about, <laughs> or this doesn't apply to me. I need help in, in in a way that you have never spoken about, or I don't know who, I don't, if there are people that can help me, I don't know who they are because you're busy not talking about these different, the different people that might be able to help different organizations or different groups or specific people that are trying to do things or whatever. Like, they only get lifted up every once in a while. Like, the church that I had just left, every Thanksgiving, this woman came up and was talking about how she was collecting food and sweaters and socks and stuff for people in need. She did that year-round, but she only spoke about it around Thanksgiving, she was only allowed to come up to the church to talk about it during Thanksgiving. Had I been a person in need that happened to be visiting in April, I would never know. I hate that this was his his thing, was like, I don't get women, I don't understand women. It wasn't, let me go find a woman to <laughs> to help, or let me see how I can support Stacy in this. But it was... Let me go talk to these bitches because <laughs> they're being really bitchy to me. They're being really mean to me and I want to know why. <laughs> In the most loving way possible with the words of with the most godly language. Like, why are you being a bitch? Why are you being so mean to me? <laughs> and it's not even, what am I doing? Is there something that that I can do better? It's are you feeling okay? Is something what wrong, is with, wrong you? with you? You? and that kind of sucks, I and I've heard it, I've definitely heard it, and it's like, whatever, if I do express my concerns about, okay, maybe I do feel this way, but it's not out of thin air that I feel this way, let me, let me tell you what's really going on. There comes a point where it gets too weird for the person I'm talking to, and then <laughs> and it's, okay, BRB with a book, or just pray about it, or I'm sorry, that's happening to. And sometimes that's helpful. I'm sorry and I don't know what to do, but I'm here to listen. That's helpful too. But that need to have a solution to the point where you're writing a whole book that gets sold across the world, is probably translated into a bunch of different languages. Come on now. Like you could have stopped with just approaching the woman and just not opening your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe leave her alone. Maybe leave them alone and write a book about that. How to leave women alone and let them find their peace in God.
0: (laughs) But they need to, I want him, not him. He's done. No more books from John. No more. (laughs) But where is the book that tells men the five steps on how not to be a puppet? Because if this is an all-out assault against women, and Satan hates women, and as a man, one of his primary jobs as laid out by John is to be this protector and be fighting battles and whatever. The only way you can protect me from Satan is to protect me from you. So
1: Uh
0: how can y'all be better? But you don't want to say that Uh because nobody wants to take responsibility. I felt a way about this chapter because this book is extremely white. And people of color made the most appearances they have made so far because she's laying out all the ways the women are abused across the world. So, of course, she's pulling in, oh, here are these African warlords and what's happening to these Sudanese women. Here are what the Chinese do to their baby girls. Here is this female genital mutilation happening in Africa. Like, people of color have not been in this book until now and I'm like no Stacy. where is where are we going to talk about who is the most prone to being used by Satan to assault others mm-hmm. not just women but if we want to talk about women in this chapter why aren't we talking about slavery why aren't we talking about things that directly affect you and your people Stacey if that mm-hmm. affect the country that you are writing this book from why aren't we talking about what white men have done yeah. And how they have been used. Where is that at? But that's why I haven't finished the book. But I'm like I don't hold hope for anybody being held accountable because there was an opportunity here and I see how she punted the ball.
2: Yeah, cuz my thoughts go to the women that are in a church abused by men a man or, or multiple men in the church that are still going to that church. Read this book mm-hmm. and then at the end of the book Close it. Still don't know what to do. Except to maybe they feel a little bit better about themselves in terms of this is not your fault. But sometimes you got to answer that with whose fault is it? Because it's not really enough all the time to to say okay, well it's not your fault. (laughs) That's again that's a nice that's a nice thing that was in there. I'm glad it was in there, but it definitely an incomplete thought for me. The other thing that I did not enjoy was the tons of references to fictional stories.
1: <laughs> I was
2: Welcome like, wow. Good lord. As I open my Dunder Mifflin notebook here, <laughs> it, it was just like, wow. Like They will literally write a storyline from Beauty and the Beast, and then Put a scripture right next to it. You're saying the quiet part out loud. The call is coming from inside the house, guys. If, you're, if it's so easy to say like Beauty and the Beast, Snow White, the Lord of the Rings, and then whatever scripture you want to put right there. it's So am I supposed to do the mental gymnastics from fictional to real? Or are you telling me that these are about the same thing? Like, these are pretty much just as written by man as anything else. (laughs) Because, I don't know, it was so strange to me. Like, there was, like, aside from that, aside from those paragraphs about the different communities of color being affected by violence against women... It was just so much of, like, Satan didn't merely want to play a noble role in the story. He wanted the story to be about him. He wanted to be the star. He wanted the attention, the adoration for himself. Mirror, mirror on the wall. (laughs) I underline that, like, what? Yes. Think of the great stories, nearly all of them. The villain goes after the hero's true love. He turns his sight on the beauty. Magua goes after Korra in The Last of the Mohicans. Longshanks goes after Muron in Braveheart. Com- Commodus goes after Maximus's wife and Gladiator. The witch attacks Sleeping Beauty. The stepsisters assault Cinderella. Satan goes after Eve. It just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> it rolls off the tongue. It just comes out of the pen. Cinderella and Eve are the same things. <laughs> wow. And I guess I understand, like, what they're trying to say is that the... The heroine of the story is more so like the underdog, and the more powerful character is attacking because they see in the underdog what the underdog doesn't even see in herself. I guess I get that, but there are so many there are so many real stories that you could have put in there that that convey that same thing, like you said, there's not one drop of ink in here about slavery in the United States and you could go on. This book was written in 2005. It was like the dawn of social media and stuff. So mm-hmm. it, it's not as, it maybe, took, maybe required a little bit more research, which I'm pretty sure they could have stood to do anyway, but sure. <laughs> they could have gone about like how there was slavery and now there are people that are literally putting plastic in their faces to look like us because they see, they, they saw it from the beginning. And that's why they felt like they needed to like, captivate us in the first place and make right. us into literal just property and at their bidding and their power was in their insecurity. You could have written the whole book with just that reference and it would have right. been loads better and loads more relatable. I can't relate to Sleeping Beauty. I can't. Ooh. I never even saw the movie. Maybe I saw it with the kids, but Sleeping Beauty, like that whole story, all, the, all those Disney princess stories, like most of my life couldn't relate. Thank goodness now we have different princesses and different heroines coming out of these movies and stuff. But... Thank
0: goodness it says <laughs> us.
2: <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. I want to see, see what they had to say about Ariel because Ariel's not in the book, however—
0: she's not in this chapter oh an earlier reference there the is Mermaid, <laughs> nice. and we were talking about it yesterday and i was laughing because i was like the next time they update this book i bet it's gonna say Little Mermaid, 1993 <laughs> or whatever year <laughs> like that. oh
2: mind. my gosh watch listen
0: we are two girls who love a good story love a show love some love some good fiction and there is too much in this book. I'm gonna like, yeah. stop with the movies.
2: Yeah. It's a lot.
0: Like, like you said, this is, I'm fine if you are saying, yes, Cinderella and Eve are the same because these are both fictional stories <laughs> written to teach us something, but they are not real life. They are extreme scripted versions of big ideas. Yes. If that's what you're saying, fine but you're not saying that right? you're trying to build up this whole big thing. And then even in your fear of admitting the damage of whiteness and white supremacy and white men and the evil they have done. So you're going to pull all these women of color in now. They haven't Mm. been in the book thus far, Mm -hmm. but now here we go. And Oh, the Chinese did this and (sighs) what's happened in the Congo and the Sudanese. Okay. But if Satan is so anti women of color, What does that say about our importance and our stature and standing in the spiritual world in spiritual things? If Satan is so bothered by us, I don't know. I feel like we must be something special.
2: Yeah, we must be. We must be. Even if no blame was placed on anybody, we're still the most shat upon beings in the world. Yeah. By so many, why? Why? And it's, if we understand, which I don't know how many people do, like evangelical Christians, I feel like we understand that a lot of the hatred is based on insecurity, is based on fear, based mm-hmm. on just feeling inadequate themselves, so they've got to project, but you know, what are you going to do about that, by the way? What, what are we going to do about that? And part of the reason why I made my exit is because the answer has consistently been crickets or nothing. We're just going to keep doing it or don't worry about it. It's temporary because this earth is not your home. And the yeah,
0: problem is, if this earth is not my home, fine, but I do not want to be in heaven with y'all. That's I really
2: not, don't. do not don't. heaven for me. It's not. Please send me to hell. Send me to hell with. I'll take two handles of Tito's vodka and. (laughs) Just send me. I don't really. It's already enough that if the church is supposed to be a reflection of heaven, and clearly there was not a person in the room when manuscripts of this book were being passed around, there was not one person of color in the distribution list. And if there was, they are in the sunken place, unfortunately. And a lot, of, a lot of them are, that are still very involved in the church. They'll probably be mad at me for saying that, but it's true.
0: Evangelicalism is a wing of the sunken book.
2: It totally is. I wish, yeah, I definitely wish that <sighs> this book stayed in the drafts. <laughs> maybe if, if it stayed as a journal entry, and maybe, or another thing I could wish, they come out with new editions of books all the time. Want to mm-hmm. correct something, or add another sentence on a page somewhere. This book needs to be on maybe it's eighth edition now. New edition every year. (laughs) It It needs to get smaller and And replace the pages that are taken out with notebook pages, right? And at the end, you prompt the reader, hey, do you have any feedback for us? We'd love to hear it. Send this book back (laughs) with your feedback. If you happen to fill out more than a couple pages, we'll be happy to reimburse you because obviously this means that the book is a waste of your time. <laughs> and you'll have a much more collaborative piece at the end of the day. Or you'll just get all the books back and we'll never speak of it again.
0: Yeah. Yes, <laughs> books, new editions are written and also books just quietly go away. Yeah. This. It's fine. It is fine to write something, grow and mature and then be like, you know what? not my best work yeah we don't really need that anymore so do the creflo dollar
2: (laughs) get rid of it burn it burn it the right thing to do would be to send it back for refunds but if we want to keep the money at least tell the people to burn it
0: yeah because this it's just a mess But the big problem here is that, again, no one is held responsible. So they said, the evil one has had a hand in all that has happened to you. If he didn't arrange for the assault directly, and certainly human sin has a large enough role to play, then he made sure he drove the message of the wounds home into your heart. Why does the evil one have so much power? We've taken humanity out of the equation. We're not holding men responsible. We're not holding ourselves responsible because we're all just puppets. Where is God? How are we supposedly on the victorious side with the big power, the big guns on our side, and we are consistently losing and nobody can answer for it? Satan is just out here running rampant, doing whatever, and it's just the way it is, guys. Who can literally But when a
2: good thing happens to you, don't forget. Don't forget who did that. And it wasn't you. It <laughs> was not you. Absolutely not. Just like it wasn't the guy over there that took you on a date and put something in your drink. It wasn't you that got that job yeah. or whatever good thing. Oh, gosh. It's definitely, I feel like it was the equivalent of getting a really big helium balloon And it just, you just let the air out of it. It's not even a pop. It's just a slow, (laughs) (laughs) just deflating. Because at the end of that chapter, I was like, wow. That was like, it could have still been however many pages it was if you just took out the fictional references and put in some more, like more to the point stuff. Like, if you completed that, it's not your fault thought with, and instead of filling the rest of the paragraph with, it's Satan's fault, just be like, it's not your fault, but here's whose fault it is, and here's what we as a church need to do about it. It's, it's giving me, it's giving, I don't know, maybe they couldn't really afford to put a real answer in there, because if it was something like, you need to bring this person to justice, however, whatever that looks like, whether it be involving police, involving your lead pastor, whatever. It's not uncommon that the people that are causing this harm or enabling this harm are the very people that you're supposed to bring these things to. And it could be that they are aware that if they were to say something like that, they'd lose a lot of people, either a lot of people in their camp of people that they have trained up or whatever, or they would lose congregants like members because, you know, if they don't feel safe, then you got to go, you got to leave. And I don't know, maybe it's just like circling the drain and not really bringing the point home because they, maybe they understand the implication of actually bringing these people to justice and, and, yeah, it seems it's, there is a part of me that thinks that they do have to leave it incomplete in that sense. Because it's already too bad. Like, it's, not, it's too common, this stuff, in the church, in society. It's too common. And the people that it's most common with, unfortunately, are people that can further harm you if you do get encouraged to do something about it or you do find the, a way to, to deal with it in a way that brings that person to justice or to basically at least hold it in front of their face. This is what you did to me. I don't know. It just makes me so sad. (laughs) Because I'm imagining them like writing this chapter, right? Like they're, I don't know, sitting at the kitchen table like, how am I supposed to continue this thought? I want these women to feel affirmed. I want these women to feel loved. I want them to feel good. What do I put? And then John will be like, don't write about the men. (laughs) Let me handle that part. Don't worry about it. Let me handle it. I got it. I got it. it. You just keep on writing the fairy tales in there, and I'll write my part, and then we'll just submit it. You don't have to proofread. It's okay. I have spell check on. It's going to be fine. Don't worry. And then we open the book. Say, I don't know anything about women. <laughs> I didn't want
0: to write
2: this. <laughs> Stacey made me write this.
0: Which is a lie. Right. Because this book is a cash grab. Wild at Heart was already out in the world. And mm. it done better than anyone ever expected. So they said, let's write the companion piece. John... It is John and Stacy Eldridge. It's not Stacy and John Eldridge. And he writes a lot of this, and I know he wrote most of it because of all the movie references. The man cannot stay away from a movie. So him pretending to be reluctant. You know what? Like the rest of this is a work of fiction.
2: It's so wild to me with the references because he was able to name characters in... Braveheart and Last of the Mohicans, neither of which I've ever seen, but he's able to name specific characters, right? But then he mm-hmm. goes the stepsisters, which also have names in Cinderella. I've never seen Cinderella, but I know those stepsisters have names. He, the wicked, the mom in Sleeping Beauty, or not the mom, Maleficent in Sleeping Beauty. I know Maleficent. <laughs> so it's like clear not only is he making movie references, but like he's referencing the movies that he thoroughly enjoys and then oh, got to throw in something for the women Cinderella <laughs> <laughs> and it's like a one sentence thing it's that's so wild to me like i'm just now like seeing that there is so little balance put into this book that's not right maybe it's the only stacy's only contributions are the parts that are her personal experiences i think so that's whack so it should have said John Eldridge with contributions from Stacy.
0: <laughs> John Eldridge. Feet Yeah.
2: Yeah. Featuring Stacy. One sentence written by Stacy. Stacy's name is in the book. Aw, oh, that stinks. No wonder the cover's so terrible. He probably picked it. He probably was like, all right, guys, this is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a nuclear explosion, pretty much big bang looking image I want a woman in the corner I want a castle in the other corner and I want captivating and that papyrus script with all the letters not connecting <laughs> just whatever font you can find that seems just remotely feminine in Microsoft Word or not buying any new fonts we're not we're not we're just gonna write it it's got to have a curve and then that's it Okay? Everything else block lettering. Make sure my name is first. Okay? Got it. Good. Break. A week later. This is perfect. Print it. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what I imagined. Maybe the woman, maybe make the woman a tiny a little bit smaller. It's more in the corner. Just hide half her body, no legs, just her top half. <laughs> just make sure she's got long hair cuz you got to know it's a woman. Then then print it. Oh my gosh.
0: I haven't asked this question yet, but it hasn't, it hasn't come up thus far in the book, but what is, what does captivating mean?
2: I don't even know. Okay, captivating, when I try to think about this word in this chapter, I guess it did come up to me, like maybe what they're trying to say about, like, Satan's relationship with women (laughs) is that women are just effortlessly captivating, right? Like, Just their existence is so beautiful and their existence is so amazing. Their abilities, their natural abilities, their femininity, their personalities, whatever, their softness and all these things that I can't really completely relate to, that Satan is so jealous of it because they don't have to try to draw people in a good way. And so that's what came to mind when I was reading this chapter. I don't know, I don't know what it's supposed to mean. Why is it titled "Capt"? Who's captivating? Is it women? Is it God? Is it something else? I don't really know what it, I don't know what it's supposed to mean. Is it, does it say like in the, like epilogue or something? <laughs>
0: Maybe it says in the epilogue, I haven't got there, but it does not say in the introduction and it does not say in chapters one through five.
2: What's it the sub? What's the subtitle of the book, like Captivating and then the rest Journey of it? The
0: Mystery of a Woman's... I'm making this up, but it's something <laughs> about a woman's soul.
2: Unveiling the Mystery of a Woman's Soul. Yeah. Revised and expanded. So Be it's revised
0: been... Revised and going in the wrong direction.
2: Yeah. Oh, unveiling the mystery of a woman's soul. I am more confused. Maybe because I'm not a practicing Christian anymore. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what, I missed it, whatever it is. I missed it and I probably would have missed it back then.
0: Christians are so corny and all this stuff like irritates me out because you're even captivating. First, you're going to use this word, you're never going to define it. So then everybody just filling in the blanks, fine. but then unveiling the mystery of a woman's soul unveiling we don't that's we don't use that word. Just say what you're trying to say. right. But you won't because this is all ridiculous. It's all ridiculous.
2: <sighs> I'm like this I'm staring at this cover. I'm telling you it's like the worst thing I've ever seen. What's the castle about? Yeah. That piece of grass that's like right above? At first, I thought it was a flag, like Mario's thing that you pull down when you rescue Princess Peach. Mm
1: -hmm. But,
2: yeah, I don't know. This is not the flex that they think it is, (laughs) this book. And I probably would have, honestly, if I read this book earlier in my life, maybe I would have felt more out of place and left earlier. (laughs) <laughs> Honestly, that's how I'm feeling. Like my relationship with femininity as far as the church is concerned is has always been really hard. I don't I've always been considered like a tomboy, and I do have feminine qualities, right? But they're not typical, they're not prevalent, they're not among the first few words you would use to describe me. I am quiet, but not for the reasons that you think. <laughs> if you're looking at me through the Christian gaze, I am just never, I never fit that, that uh, those qualities. So whenever it came to, like when I was in uh, campus ministry, there was always like, if you had been there for longer than a year, you're automatically just being looked at to lead a small group or to lead somebody's Bible studies and maybe baptize them and stuff like that. So when it came that time for me, it was (laughs) short-lived. Because I was supposed to be the one that made everybody iced tea and had snacks and made sure everybody felt comfortable in the house. And my counterpart, the man... was supposed to be the one that came up with the ideas for our get to know you activities our little bible study or whatever and if he wanted to hear from me then he would tell me what to say (laughs) what to talk about but that would never happen because I couldn't relate to the to the things that they would want the female counterpart to talk about like the I guess my, even when it came down to like my wardrobe, like I'd be considered modest. But that's because I was wearing what was comfortable, not because I'm like more beautiful than a sack of rubies or whatever that scripture says. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I recognize that I'm not being modest because I'm not trying to make men struggle. I'm being modest because I don't, I don't like wearing tight jeans. <laughs> I just don't. And people would be like, yeah, look at Gael, for example. And I'm like, nope, don't look at me because I'm not the example that you think I am. And then when I got married to Brent, like I think a lot of people thought that whenever I got married to a man, that would put me in my place. I married a man, yes, but I also married a man that loves me for who I am, not who Mm -hmm. this idea of what a woman is supposed to be, and so when it came down to telling me to be quiet because I'm asking too many questions, or... The one thing that was the catalyst for... Was it the catalyst? It was one of the catalysts was... I had made this post on TikTok... Like at the very beginning of the pandemic. George Floyd wasn't even dead yet. Like it was very beginning of the pandemic. Everything was locked down. But everybody was depressed because we were locked down. So I'm like, let me see if I can make people laugh... By making this TikTok account. So I made a TikTok and I did this lip sync... Of the scene from Friday how come every time I'm in the kitchen, you're in the kitchen? And in that little scene, the dad says, damn, right? He says, you're in the goddamn refrigerator eating up all the food. So I'm over here lip syncing it. I put my kids in it because they are literally the ones in the fridge. And like that same day I get, no, yeah, I get a text from my husband saying, somebody's like, Texting me, telling you to take down, telling me to tell you to take down some TikTok post. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And so he was like, yeah, that was weird. So I told them to talk to you. And him telling that person to talk to me, like, flustered all, like, it, it made their brain explode because the proper response was supposed to be, oh, yeah, I'll put my wife in her place. And you'll never hear from her again. <laughs> but he was like, "No, if you got a problem with her, go talk to her." And he eventually he figured out. Like, I showed him what the post was, and he was like, "I don't see the problem." And so they they approached him again without approaching me. Still approached him again. Did you talk to your wife yet? And he was like, "No, not about that. I told you to go talk to her if you have a problem." Also. There's no issue. <laughs> you don't have an issue. The world is on fire. Do you know that COVID is outside? <laughs> Do you know that this was like a week after Breonna Taylor was killed? Did you know that Breonna Taylor was just killed for no reason? Please don't come into my text messages in my inbox over a TikTok post. This went on for a couple of weeks, this back and forth. And then eventually it got to me. And, and I was just like, you know what? I'm fine with it. And so because I'm fine with it, I'm going to hang up the phone now. (laughs) And then it was just like, this was this type of response. Basically what I'm getting at is I was more empowered to be myself by my husband and therefore more of a problem (laughs) in the church. And there are, Obviously, Brent is a heterosexual man there are there my feminine qualities he does there are things that he does enjoy about me, but for the most part, like he does love me for me like he does it's not like that we have a problem in our marriage because of who I am or who he is or who people expect us to be. but we do recognize now that people were trying to create problems mm-hmm. because I wasn't this cookie cutter woman of God and he wasn't a cookie cutter authoritative figure in our household. Like we're a team. And people say that in the church. They say you're a team, but more like team captain and then like water (laughs) person. But no, we are both like we literally we have three kids. We have to play defense (laughs) together. We have to. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, the this book and, and pretty much all the other books about being a woman of God, like, they never, they just never really hit home for me. And I could have, I probably was required to read a lot of them and just never did and just sat and was quiet for all those <laughs> meetings about it. I never did the workbooks or whatever, but... Yeah, eventually I realized I really don't I really don't enjoy this idea that there is only one way to be a woman in the church or in as a Christian. And I don't like that if you even deviate a little bit from what the general idea of a Christian woman is, then you're being attacked. I'm not. I'm okay. It's all good. I promise you, the attack is coming from inside the house. (laughs) Like, seriously, it's fine. And so that's where, like, some of my, I don't really know exactly where I fall today. But I do know that my first few months outside of the church felt a lot more like, Freedom in Christ than any of my time in the church, which is really wild to say, but I said it.
0: So, as a formerly extremely churched woman who is now, and you were before already, but also now the mother of girl children, yes, what are you going to teach them? Or what, like, how do you teach them about womanhood? And
2: yeah, all yeah. that. So I, I teach them, or I try to teach them, how to be good people, first and foremost. It doesn't matter if you're a boy or a girl or anything in between. You have to be kind. You have to stand up for what's right. If you see something wrong, you have to say something. If somebody's doing something wrong to you, You need to talk to a grown-up that's going to help you. Those are like the basics. My kids are really small. Six, four, and one. One of them doesn't even speak English. (laughs) So small, right? I have a lot further. Maybe ask me this question in five more years, and I'll probably have a completely different answer. But that's the basic. And that's pretty much our game plan (laughs) right now, is teaching our kids to be good people. They are... Leaning into their femininity on their own. I did not teach them to love princesses. <laughs> and we try to expose them to, if there's a princess movie, then we do a superhero movie too. And stuff like that. Try We try to keep it balanced, but they have their preferences and we are also going to cater to their preferences whenever they do decide that what they prefer. So there has been... Um, Like, my oldest, my six-year-old, is 1,000% girly girl, and... I, I can't stand it, but it is what it is. <laughs> She's like, mom, let's do makeup. And I do wear makeup. I was wearing makeup yesterday. I filmed a wedding yesterday. I was wearing makeup. I thought I looked good, whatever. But it's not like a regular thing for me, right? So whenever she does want to do, let's do makeup. It's like, okay, I got to tap into this side of me. All right, fine, let's do it. She's all up into the sparkles and the unicorns and everything that everything that you could possibly think is girl, as far as, like, that whole gender is concerned. My middle child, she goes back and forth because not only is she trying to figure out what she likes, but she also wants everything her older sister has. Mm -hmm. So she does love dinosaurs, and dinosaurs are traditionally a boy thing. She likes dinosaurs. She likes to roughhouse, but she's also, like, very affectionate to people that she trusts, she likes to cuddle, and she does like princess things and stuff like that, but she's more likely to, like, she'll want to wear a dress because her sister's wearing a dress, but she's, I'm going to play baseball. (laughs) So she's like trying to find her own thing, and then the youngest one is like, we don't really know what you like yet. But we're trying to let them lead in that sense, because we also want them to understand that there is nothing out there that is strictly for boys or strictly for girls. My oldest daughter, we bought her a shirt that says something, it was something about being inclusive to non-binary people. It doesn't matter if you go by he, him, or she, her, or they, them, you're a human, something like that. Of course, we bought it for her because we liked it, but we wanted to make sure she understood it too. And because people at school might ask, what does that shirt mean? And so when we explained it to her, or when we were like, what do you think this means? She got it so fast. And like she, the they, them pronouns just roll out of her face. (laughs) No problem. So basically, we are leading. The charge on teaching them to be good people and the christianity that we subscribe to is all about being good people and loving people no matter what and they are teaching us in terms of their preferences like where they fall in the whole spectrum of femininity they are kids so it's not it's not like it's going to be the same every day their preferences change all the time but when they lean into something we want to be supportive so whenever it does come time to have deeper conversations about about who they are and how we can support them i hope that they i hope that there is no coming out if there is that it's not coming out because, you know, they felt like they needed to hide themselves from us. That is just regular conversation that maybe today we're being more specific about it, but that they feel safe with us regardless. Mm -hmm. Now, if they go about their whole lives being cisgendered heterosexual women, then my hope is that they are accepting just the way that we are accepting that they are affirming that they are loving and, and that they find however many copies of this book and burn them. (laughs) But I hope that they, I hope that they contribute to disrupting the idea of what a true feminine woman looks like, sounds like, or is because I really do feel that it, it comes in so many different Ways, shapes, forms, voices. There is no way for any one person or one group of people to be the ones to say what femininity is supposed to be. It is what you are. Maybe I'm not as soft or maybe I'm not as gentle or as quiet as what is expected of me within the walls of the church, but I'm still a woman and... It doesn't make Brent any less of a man for helping me feel empowered in myself, helping me feel comfortable in my own skin. And for our kids, we don't even we don't know if they're going to become Christians or not. We don't know if they're going to become any other type of religion or no religion at all. Whatever it is, they decide that they want to do. We want to be supportive, but we also want the main thing to stay the main thing. And I think my main thing for most of my life has been whatever this evangelical Christianity is. And because I haven't been able to keep up with that main thing, like I felt very inadequate for most of my life. Whereas we're switching up what the main thing is, is just to be good people. (laughs) Please, for the love of everything, just be good people that's the basic of it we still have a long way to go honestly <laughs> who knows if they'll even move out at 18 or whatever age they're supposed to I don't know what it by the time they turn 18 it's gonna be completely unaffordable to live on your own it's unaffordable now yeah. <laughs> they're gonna be in the house till 30 maybe oh god <laughs> what did I
0: do <laughs> What have we done? No, it it'll, it'll be fine. One of these TikToks is going to take off. They're going to get rich and Yeah.
2: I should repost at one and be like, "Where is she now?" <laughs> and I'll put that like that gray screen and freeze the screen and be like, "She got kicked out the church." Now, I didn't get kicked out, but I was very close to it. <laughs> so, yeah. At first, when I, when I had my first, I was like, I'm going to teach her to be a strong woman who don't need no man. And I still might, but I think I think there are a couple things. And I've only been a parent six and a half years. I think there are a couple things I need to add to that. Like, I do want her to be strong, but I do also want her to, if she doesn't want to be strong, I want her to be cool with that. Like strength, not having to look like you know, holding your head high all the time in the face of adversity. Sometimes you gotta cry, and that's strong, too. Sometimes you gotta seek asylum, and that's strong, too. Sometimes you run back home to mommy, and that's strong, too. Yeah.
0: So who is this book for? This
2: book... well, I could tell you who this chapter's for, because I couldn't tell you who the book is for. Definitely was not for me. But I did... It seems as though the chapter itself was addressed to women that what woman hasn't been through it in one way or another. So this book is for women that have existed for longer than a minute because, jeez, imagine being pulled from the loins of your mother by a man. That's happened to two of my children. <laughs> like, the first person to touch you... Is a strange man. But I think this this book is for, or this part of the book is for women that have been through a lot of hurt. I would tell them to read the first half of every section. (laughs) The parts that say, you are amazing and nothing is wrong with you. The parts that say, none of this is your fault. You are miraculous in your existence. But... The rest of it, yeah. the rest of it was for men, unfortunately. It was for men to go, whew, oh, <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't called out in that one. Yeah, that was the close one. I almost was held responsible there. Whew. All right, back to it. Yeah, it's it was written for men and it was also written for people that want to protect the things that those men produce. So, whether it be pastor that's bringing in the people, bringing in the money, whether it be a family member, yeah, people go through so much to just protect bad people. It's not good. It's sad.
0: So, looking at this book from the perspective that everything is permissible, I can't stop anybody from BRB with a book but not everything is beneficial. On the scale from one to 10, with 10, beneficial for everyone, go get it, can't recommend it enough, down to one, harmful for everyone, leave this book alone, throw it in a fire, if you see it, where would you place this book?
2: The easy answer is one, but I do think this book could have stood some more revision. It could have been good. So I'm going to give it like a three. It could have been really good if it was completed. If they were to... um, You know that one author, Sheila Gregoire? I don't know how to pronounce her last name. I hope I'm not butchering it. But she like takes excerpts from books and rewrites them. I feel like if she or somebody were to do that with that book, it could be really good. So... Yeah, because I feel like they... I feel like they get some of it, but they just... They don't particularly land the plane. It doesn't land, and I wish it... I wish it landed, but I wouldn't tell anybody to spend their money on it. Definitely don't spend your money on the book. But if you come across it... If you come across it for free, I implore you to please read other books immediately after (laughs) that will help you come to a conclusion i couldn't even i'm trying to think of what other books we could recommend to complete this thought but i don't know
0: i don't think the book exists because they're the premise is wrong like you just can't teach women how to be women because there's no template there's no one one thing so final question yeah. instead of captivating what is something women constructed and or women focused that you would recommend
2: Ooh, I would pay attention to different things that were traditionally focused on or made up by men that are now led by women for example Kiki Palmer just came out with Key TV like, her own network. Oprah had that, which, good. But now we got a millennial on the on the rise in that industry. I would pay attention to that. I'd pay attention to Austin Channing Brown, because she's got a production company herself. I'd pay attention to women doing things that are normally done by men, in general, period. Yeah.
0: All right, and then any closing thoughts? Anything you didn't get to say that you want to say?
2: I don't think so. I do I do think that it's something to be reading these books on the other side of the coin. So I'm glad that you're doing this podcast, but I also send my condolences for having to read the rest of the book.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I will take them because I need them because it's a lot and none of it is good.
2: I don't know. I don't know what you do to unwind all this stuff, but Please make that a priority in your life.
0: <laughs> but honestly, like you said, it is nice to be reading it from this side. So, as terrible as it is, it's also heartening in a way. So, like, man, like, this stuff goes deep. And we were never meant to yeah. think differently, see anything differently. So, the fact that we have and we do is a miracle. And I can only be thankful and grateful. Right. So thank you for taking a chapter of this.
2: Yeah, thanks for inviting me on this. I'm looking forward to hearing whatever Frankenstein of the recording you put together.
1: (laughs) And in closing... The evil one had a hand in all that has happened to you, if he didn't arrange for the assault directly. And certainly human sin has a large enough role to play. Then he made sure he drove the message of the wounds home into your heart. He is the one who has docked your heels with shame and self-doubt and accusation. He is the one who offers the false comforters to you in order to deepen your bondage. He is the one who has done these things in order to prevent your restoration. For that is what he fears. He fears who you are, what you are, what you might become. He fears your beauty and your life-giving heart. You really won't understand your life as a woman until you understand this. You are passionately loved by the God of the universe. You are passionately hated by His enemy. And so, dear heart, it is time for your restoration. For there is one greater than your enemy, one who has sought you out from the beginning of time. He has come to heal your broken heart and restore your feminine soul. Let us turn now to him.
0: At this moment, in this particular hellscape of a timeline, I am wrestling with some real life stuff, as are we all, and also with a lot of existential dread and honestly, a lot of fear and sorrow and feelings of powerlessness, as we have just come out of a week that began with a houseless man being choked to death by a subway vigilante here in New York and ended with another mass shooting at an outlet mall in Texas. And the awareness that those tragedies are weighing heavily on my mind because those are the ones that made the news, but shit like this is actually happening every day. Uh, I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what the current 2023 mass shooting count is, but I know it's higher than the number of days we've had so far this year. And the thought that just keeps echoing is that We are not well as a nation, as a people within a nation that is not well, we are not well. And that's on us. It's not Satan. It can't be. Because at some point, if Satan is being allowed to do so much damage, we have to acknowledge that the people and or the power who are allowing him to do so are allowing it either because they are actually powerless or they are just as bad as him. And either way, no one is coming to save us and we got to figure this shit out. Thank you for joining me for this chapter of
1: Captivating.
0: I certainly hope you had a better time listening than I did reading. Bad Words is an irreverent media podcast, a Legata Scratch production, and a God is not given side hustle. Produced by Janice Legata and made possible by the generous support of jodly and willing patrons like Nate. Thank you, Nate. If you're enjoying this season, please let the people know by leaving a rating or review. And if you'd like more info on how to become a monthly supporter and get access to bonus episodes, hit the show notes for the links. And until we meet again, take care of you and be well. I'm Janice Legata, and this has been an episode of Bad Words, but here are some good ones. To me,
2: just the general idea of women's roles in, ju- the idea of gender roles, really, in the church. Wrap it up, because we have, everybody has different strengths, everybody has different talents, and it's it stinks that if your talent is not a feminine talent or if your strength is not a feminine strength, you pretty much get looked over because you are not going to be able to represent the idea. So my, my talent and my strength with technology and videography, those were used, they were used heavily. But was that something that was promoted as women can do this thing? Absolutely not. Oh no, never. I was always the only woman on whatever team for audiovisual, whatever congregation I was a part of in my time in the ICOC. And that's, that's saying something because I did live in New York City where literally everybody is a freelancer <laughs> in this industry. So I don't know, I just feel like we, if we did away with that, that would open the doors to a lot of people and a lot of things that I don't think the evangelical church is ready for. So in a sense, I get why it's not accepted or not switched up, but it's, it is going to be the demise, or at least part of the demise of the evangelical church because we're out here, yeah.